Welcome to episode 37 of The Photo Show and Happy New Year. We are now in 2017, if you are listening to this. And Kai, you uh, you just came back from Tampa not too long ago. That's right. Um, and I'm still readjusting to the fact that I was for three days in 80, like 80 degree weather, you know, it's like... Oh. It's always that amazing thing when you land at the airport and they open the door to the airplane and there's that rush of warm air when you've just come from where it's been 30 degrees, you know? Oh, yeah. That, that little warm, humid air you get. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I was down there at the Florida Museum of Photographic Arts, which is in downtown Tampa. And I've been invited down there by the director, uh, Zora, and uh, gave a talk and signed some books and uh, had a great time. The thing that was also useful for me is I hadn't been to Tampa since 2010 and, you know, I have the book out now. I would not be able to make the photographs that are in that book today if I went back down there. There's just uh, a lot of the stuff that I photographed is no longer there. So that was also interesting. You know, it's the, you want to think that you're doing something timely when you're working on hmm. it, but of course, sometimes it really works out to be the case, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily change what you are photographing, what, it, what it's all about, but uh, it does change how people perceive it because they now, now they will see it in perhaps a more historical sense. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of which, I think it's the year of the rooster, isn't it? I was just trying to look that up while we were... Oh, go ahead. Look that up. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 2017. Oh. I think it's the year of the rooster. So All there right. we go. Go roosters. So we're ready for that. <laughs> Cock-a-doodle-doo, everybody. Let's get out there. Um, yeah. So, you know, inevitably with this end of the year comes the end of the year roundups. And I'm sure a lot of uh, our listeners have been paying attention to, you know, the best photo books of the year, best uh, this of the year, best that of the year. And... I don't know. It's always those are always interesting to look at, but um, always to be taken with a grain of salt, right? Oh, absolutely. And uh, one of these best of lists is the Year in Pictures, which uh, the New York Times publishes and is put together by Jeffrey Henson Scales, who is an upcoming guest on the photo show. So, uh, if you haven't had a chance to go look at that, you should now. It's they they break it up by month, so you can just. It's an interesting way to relive the year through these uh, photographs from the news that you, you know, like I, one of the first ones from January is that is a photograph of Obama talking about gun violence with a tear running down his face. You know, it's like that was it's hard, you know. It's, yeah, no, that's that, 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 when you see it. It's a great review. Uh, and I that one gets a, a lot of attention because also it's New York Times. So that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, then there's, um, I think, running now the... <laughs> Nine best photos on Instagram. I'm seeing these grids show up on everyone's Instagram accounts. Have oh, really? Seen? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that I haven't seen. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so this is our first episode of the new year, and it is with Martin Bell, filmmaker and husband of the late, great Mary Ellen Mark, who passed in 2015, uh, and uh, has been promoting... Uh, a d the last documentary film they worked on, Tiny, the Life of Aaron Blackwell. And it's been uh, going around uh, to different venues. And uh, I was lucky enough to host Martin at the School of Visual Arts uh, for a screening. And we had a really great Q&A afterwards. So at the screening, we spent a lot of time with the Q&A talking about the film. But uh, on this episode, we spend more time talking about Martin and Mary Ellen and how they met and their collaborations together. And, and the interesting thing is Tiny is at the very beginning of their collaborations and also at the end of their collaborations. And now the office, Falkland Road Incorporated, uh, is dealing with 
uh, Mary Ellen's legacy, you know, what they want Mary Ellen's legacy to be. Yeah, I was sorry to have missed the screening and that that uh, presentation with them. I uh, unfortunately uh, was the same exact night that we have our uh, end of the year undergraduate exhibition. So I just couldn't make it to that. But it sounded sounded great. And Mary Ellen also has, even though she never had a full-time faculty position anywhere, she certainly had an impact on uh, young photographers coming up and education through her uh, having uh, constantly having all these different assistants. And there have been a number of graduate students through the program, a couple that we've had on the even on the photo show, like Rachel Stern and Patrice Helmar, who benefited from getting to work alongside her and, and see what it was like to be Mary Ellen Mark, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that that was an internship that Mary Ellen Martin always uh, reserved a, a spot or two for my students as well. And, and a, a good number of my students had a great experience there. And we found out that Mary Ellen taught at the School of Visual Arts, our sponsor. I should also say that I didn't get to go to the screening, and I also wasn't there for this uh, episode being recorded, so I'm looking forward to hearing it myself. That's right. You will not hear the dulcet tones of Kai McBride uh, in this conversation, but never fear. Kai will be back on the next one. Uh, So Happy New Year again, everyone. Enjoy the show, and we'll talk soon. Blackwell, um, you had a, a festival in Seattle. That was that the premiere of the movie. It was. Seattle was the premiere of Tiny, <laughs> the life of Aaron Blackwell. <laughs> you said that came about after yeah. Aperture had asked Mary Ellen to do a kind of retrospective on all her work on Tiny, the, on the family. Yes, that's that's what happened. And then it kind of snowballed. It got out of hand, <laughs> is what I say. Yes. Yeah, it did. Well, so what happened was, going back to the Streetwise film, uh, we realized uh, that there was more of a story. There was more story to tell of Tiny. So over the years, Mary Ellen went back with a view to make a book. And I would go with her, and I made little videos. The idea of the video, these little videos was to promote Marianne's book. <laughs> <laughs> how, what were you thinking? That they would, um, you would put them online? Or how yeah, would they show? It would be, would be part of Marianne's website. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, so I, I made these films, and then Aperture asked Marianne to make that book, Tiny Streetwise Revisited. And so I, somebody said, well, why don't you make a film <laughs> to go with it? And so I started making a little film to promote Mary Ellen, and then realized there was more to it than that. And it, as I say, got out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> it became a, you know, a long film. I mean, it had been a good number of years since Streetwise was made, but you never lost touch with... Uh, no, we're constantly right? in touch with yeah. them. Yeah. And, and the kids. Right. And that's, that's the, the bigger part of the story. It wasn't just Tiny. You, you stayed in touch with everyone that with, you could. Yeah. With Rat. I made a film with Rat. At just recent times. And What's that called? Rat Streetwise Revisited. Oh, okay. An original title. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of a series, actually. Because uh, I, I shot film with 
Shadow, who was part of the Streetwise film. Munchkin, of Paddy and Munchkin. Hmm. Paddy died. Yeah. So are these other <clears throat> documentaries, are they more vignette style? Are they... They are, no. Uh, well, they're short films. They, hmm. they are as tiny should have been. <laughs> the original intention was for it to be a short film. Right. So the, the, uh, the one with Rat runs about 15 minutes. And it's a really incredible story, actually. Because would... he, he only recently came off the street. So he survived all of that time. It's amazing. Right. And Rat had left in the 80s? <clears throat> sort of left the scene, left the family? He left home in, I think, 83. Oh, okay. And he, he went to Seattle. Oh. So it's all part of the, the In the short film, you learn a little bit about that. How would people see that? That's a good question. <laughs> I, well, it will be part of the website, the Tiny oh. the Film website eventually and of course you know mary ellen passed last year but you know we're in we're actually recording in falkland road on green street you were over on spring street for a long time yeah and then you moved into this space well we moved into this building from spring street the year well we were moving when osama came and knocked uh, uh. the world trade center down wow yeah we're actually wheeling stuff down the street when all that <laughs> stuff was happening wow yeah and of course, the you know the, the I brought that up because the you know the work goes on, so to speak, right? You're you're thinking about a lot about Mary Ellen's legacy, um, where the work is best represented, how it's best represented. Right. I mean, uh, this book Aperture put out was Mary Ellen's last work, right? There were two last books. Complete work. Oh yes, there were. You're right. There's the workshop book. It's called Mary Ellen Mark. On the portrait and the moment. Yeah, I've, I've shown that to my students and, and they love it. Yeah, because in that book you, you hear Marielle's voice about what she thinks about the, the process. And, and that's also the, the moving part of the documentary is hearing Marielle's voice, hearing her speak yeah. uh, with the family, with Tiny, yeah. going back about what was happening at, uh, in, in her life when she, when, while Mary Ellen was taking those photos. I mean, it, the movie itself is a very moving uh, documentary and, you know, um, has very dark moments, uh, but also just watching Mary Ellen, uh, you know, is, is moving in itself. It is. Yeah. I agree. And it's something that, <clears throat> you know, we were pretty close to having the film cut when I decided to use Mary Ellen in the story. We went back. And the idea was that the film essentially is told in the kitchen, in Tiny's kitchen. And uh, they're looking at the past, but they're actually looking at the photographs. Right. Right. And, and you're able to flip through the photographs and the film across the kitchen table. That's something you couldn't do mm -hmm. until recent times. <laughs> that was, yeah. And it is, I agree, it is very moving. Yeah. To see it. And you, you spent um, quite a bit of time editing and re-editing, and it, the, the film itself had a number of different iterations, and even right up to the very end, yes. <laughs> from what I know, right? Yeah. yeah. No, we went back this year uh, because one of the kids, Renasia, got into trouble. Right. And right. I filmed that. Yeah. Um, well, let's go back a little bit. When did you and Mary Ellen meet? So Mary Ellen and I first met on the set of Milos Forman's film, Ragtime, in London, in 1980. And uh, that's where our relationship started. Yeah, a chance what, meeting. What, what were you each doing on that set? 
Well, Mary Ellen was, has worked with Milos Forman on other films, and she was doing the special photography on the movie. And I was making, a, I was a cinematographer working on a documentary about Jimmy Cagney. And uh, that was Jimmy's, Jimmy Cagney's last film. Oh, so you, you weren't part of the film at all. You were following Jimmy Cagney. It was a profile of Jimmy Cagney. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Schickel uh, produced that film. And then what happened? Started seeing <laughs> each other? and Yeah, yeah, we started. Were you already well, living in the States in no, the 80s? You no, were, oh, you I was in London. And so Mary Ellen was, had already worked with Mother Teresa in Calcutta. But she was going back to shoot some more stuff. I went with her on that, uh, for part of that second trip. So I, I you know, I met, uh, I met Mary Ellen in India. Uh, and then we went to Bali. And uh, we decided that we wanted to work on a project together so that Mary Ellen could do her stills and I, I could make film. And it wasn't until 1983 when that opportunity came. Hmm. And it was, it was an amazing assignment by Life magazine that took Mary Ellen to Seattle. I was in London. Mary Ellen was working there. And I think it was the first night she was there, she saw Tiny get out of a cab in the parking lot of the Monastery nightclub. And she said, oh, my God, this is a film. And then she met Rat who was roller skating around an abandoned uh, hotel. And she called me and she said, Mon, I've just found the project we can work on together. And I said, that sounds great. Where are we going to get the money from? <laughs> <laughs> and Cheryl McCall, who was a writer for the Life magazine piece, had just worked with Willie Nelson. And she called Connie Nelson, Willie's wife at that time, um, and asked whether or not they'd be interested in, in uh, putting some money into a film about street kids. And Willie said, oh, sure. And he gave us $50,000. Wow. Just like that. Is that amazing? Yes, that is amazing. <laughs> I mean, right. And with, you know, with no control, I mean, not, no stipulations. He, no, he nothing. just handed over 50 grand. Wow. And we went off to make that film. Do you remember how it was proposed? The project? It was vague. I mean, yeah. it, you know, it was... We just want to follow well, these people around? And, no, it, yeah. well, it had substance because, you know, the pictures from the Life magazine piece. So these are the characters. They saw that and they said, sure. And that's what becomes Streetwise and the series on Tiny. Correct. It is amazing, really, thinking about it, how it was chance. You know, it was just a luck that Mary Ellen saw Tiny get out of that cab that night and realized that this was a real story. I mean, I don't know quite how she divined that. Right. But she knew it. And she was so enthusiastic when she called me. <laughs> oh, my God. She, was, she could sell a story. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that goes all the way back to the two of you getting together. Yeah. It was right. It was from the very beginning that we were looking for something to work on together. And, and from that point on, you two were together? Not all the time, mm -hmm. but we worked on many projects together, yeah. When did you form Falkland Road? 85, I think it was. So pretty shortly after as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did that start out at Spring Street? No, it started out at The Loft. Oh, 
We I'm, were actually working out of the loft. That <laughs> <laughs> was nuts. And, and you've had that the same loft then the whole time. Yeah, Mary Ellen bought that in 1975. Mm. Then, so before before you met Mary Ellen, you were you were already a documentary filmmaker. I had worked on I, as a cinematographer on a lot okay. of them. I had mm-hmm. I'd made some, but I hadn't. This was really the first film. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> 50 grand. Yes. Thanks, Willie. <laughs> but, you know, that it's such a beautiful way of working because there, is no, there was no concept of what that film would be. It was simply, here was a story, and already Mary Ellen and Cheryl had you know, met many of the characters that were ultimately in the finished film, and do whatever you want. And you just find the story, the best story you can get out of it. It's a lot. It's actually more like photographing than creating a documentary film piece in some ways. It's, it's more like getting the footage and the, and the photographs and seeing how it starts to play out over time. It is. In a way, it is. But it's different in the sense that when, you, you know, when you're shooting, you're actually constructing. You know, you're, you're thinking of it in terms of how it's going to edit. And you're also thinking about the sound, because the sound is the most important bit of the film. Yes. It's more important we, than the picture. You and I have had that conversation. <laughs> sound yeah. is the hardest king. part. It's the, it is king. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you and Mary Ellen have collaborated on a lot of things, but you also kept independent projects. I yeah. mean, you've, you've, done, you've done your, your own work, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. all throughout this whole time. And yeah. I know I've seen some of the corporate work you did uh, for the hospitals. Uh, you were sent around the world to different hospitals. But that was, actually, that was a collaboration also. Oh, it was? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But I, I didn't get that job. <laughs> <laughs> it was Mary Ellen that got the job. Uh, no, it was, that was for Novartis, and that was, that was a brilliant assignment. It was, was a little great. bit, I have to say, it is very much like the, the Streetwise film and having Willie Nelson put that $50,000 into the story because the boss of Novartis said he wanted Mary Ellen to do these photographs. And there was nobody else in the room. It was just Mary Ellen and the boss of Novartis. Wow. And uh, as she was leaving the room, she said, oh, by the way, my, my husband makes movies. <laughs> do you want a movie? <laughs> and... Uh, so we made movies. Yeah, and, and those are, are beautifully made. And, and I show those as well to my students in the documentary class that mm-hmm. I teach. And that, was a lot of, that was an amazing assignment. Mm-hmm. Because, again, there was, no, like, there was no concept other than, in that particular case, Mary Ellen said she wanted to make her photographs, and therefore my films were going to be pediatric. That was the only thing to figure out the strongest story you could make on, with that. Uh, yeah, and you were dealing with some very, some pretty heavy issues in those, in those uh, short pieces as well. I mean, of course, it's with the idea of how these children are being helped through medicine, through care, right? right? Physical therapy, all kinds yeah. of things. Uh, but, but very, you know, uh, very touching subjects, very heavy subjects as well. I yeah. Mean, so I imagine when you're making these documentaries, um, you know, photographing very emotional topics, very serious topics, especially with children, that it, it has to be taxing on you emotionally. Uh, you, they're, they're, I mean, you have to develop a kind of professional distance at some point or, or however you handle it, however you handle it. Yeah, I suppose 
it must be in a way it's a little bit like being a doctor i guess you know you have to you you're there for the treatment you're you're the delivering something and for a doctor that's taking care of cancers in children that must be hugely problematic yeah to deal with that no it's i couldn't imagine and you know we filmed that that was part of the that was part of the those films and but it's a great story the the doctor's a great story the patient's a great story and it you know i think it shows in the film yeah the doctors in the film have to deal with treating kids who they know absolutely the chance of survival is slim mm. <clears throat> and that must be very difficult yeah and so they deal with it every day that's their job and when you making films like this in a way is not as complicated as being a doctor but you're you're handling diff- those kind of problems so you have to deal with that in yourself yeah and a lot of a lot of people oh it's not a lot people when right. they see the films uh will say sometimes that it's like exploitation that that's why we're doing it we're exploiting some emotional thing to be well you know i doesn't exploitation kind of come down to intent purpose what happens with these pictures so uh, how do you respond to that <laughs> i know it's difficult yeah. it is a, it's a very tricky question you know why it's difficult is because it concerns you right yeah yeah i mean yeah, yeah. yeah it is it's a challenge because you're seeing things that you know why am i doing this why am i recording this mm-hmm. like for instance when tiny in the streetwise film gets into a car with an old guy it's a problem that's somebody i know and i knew all along that's what the, that's how the kids survive on the street they're selling they're trading themselves right for food and shelter so it's a problem and to some degree it is exploiting the situation because you are making films is an exploitive process and it's also somewhat aggressive so it has a lot of complicated elements in it yeah when you talk about exploitation too you have to take this the pers- the the subject into account the person the group of people the idea into account you had a deal with tiny and you had a deal with the people the children in the hospital and the doctors in the hospital it's different than parachuting in taking some horrific photographs or making you know some some footage and, and, and showing it for uh, your own promotion, things like that. Um, and I know, and I'm not criticizing photojournalism for this. I'm, I'm saying, you know, photojournalism, photojournalism in itself serves its own purpose yeah. of making people aware of things. Yeah. Uh, but your, I mean, your films and Mary Ellen's photographs, um, you know, the, the people in, the, in these pictures, they were, they, were, they were somewhat negotiated in a sense. So nobody was, nobody was surprised by the fact that you were there. No, I, no. So here's, you know, what I say to people is this. Yes, there is, you're exploiting a great story. In other words, Marianne showed me in Streetwise this story. And therefore, we come at it 100%. And to some degree, that's exploitation. I mean, you're trying to get the best out of that very story. But you can't do it without the cooperation of the people that become part of your film. You cannot get that intimate. You can't be up close when the real moments come 
without the cooperation of the people in the film. Mm, yeah. And, you know, I, I tell this story, I've told it so many times, but I tell this story about Streetwise. So we, we're, 1983, we're the first day filming. We go to a place called the Dismas Center, and it was where the kids would go, they'd get something to eat, play games, hang out. And there was one girl there that I thought would be interesting for the story, and I filmed her. And I maybe shot a, almost a magazine of film. A magazine is 10 minutes. And she said, I don't want to be in your film. And I said, okay. I opened the magazine of the camera and took out the film that has been shot. And I handed her the film. I said, there you go. Wow. You're not in the film. <laughs> and that was it. And I continued <laughs> filming other people. <laughs> And she tried to get back into the film endlessly, <laughs> but to no avail. She is actually in the film. Oh, okay. For one one shot. Right. But that was a. But so I think. So, but by giving her that that cartridge, though, I think you opened up a, a bond of trust in a sense. Like you opened up a, a way of her to trust you. That is. That's exactly. I mean, I didn't. think... It was just a spontaneous reaction. But I, it, in a sense, it was a good one because everybody in that room saw me do that. So if you want to be in the film. You're in, but um, if you don't want to be, we'll give you the film back if <laughs> you object. But actually, in the Nevada's films, the, the this is the pharmaceutical films you were talking about. That is more. Again, you need the corp. Obviously, you need the cooperation with the doctors, and you need the cooperation with the parents. With the, the parents, yeah. and the, and then the children have got to want to be there. You know, they have something. They have an input into this. But you don't have the kind of relationship built over months, which we had when we made Streetwise. Because the longer you stay with a story, the, more, the closer you get to, to actual, uh, some sort of reality. Although I don't, <laughs> the other part of a film is that it isn't, even though it's called a documentary film, I don't think it, it's a film. <laughs> right. It isn't real. It is, it's an approximation of a reality. It's built up out of slices of time. And it, that, that film, Streetwise, is edited by Nancy Baker, who's a brilliant, brilliant woman. And uh, she did a brilliant job on that film. Incredible. Because the film is made out of 50 hours of shooting. And I know that when we were making the film, Keith Desmond, who was a sound recordist on it, kept a log of how much he thought we had got each day and we were, we were averaging like two minutes a day or something like that. It was amazing. Hmm. Because as we went down the film further and further, we just had a closer bond and we got more material. Hmm. So I know I've been, I've been coming to the studio since it was on Spring Street, since, a, you know, off and on, since about 1999. Could, could that be right? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, that's when Anna Rome and I first came to I right, know. spec out a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anna had already written a program, yes. remember? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Alpha File. That's right. The, yeah. the database that runs Falkland Road. Yeah, um, absolutely. But one thing I've always noticed is uh, watching you and Mary Ellen when, when you come here is that when you walk in, and, and if, if Mary Ellen was here, you know, Mary Ellen would kind of hold court a little bit with you. Like, you know, if, if Mary Ellen liked you, <laughs> she would... Yeah, there was a filter. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> she, would, uh, 
she would she would talk to you and and you know ask for your ideas about things and and talk about um you know uh things she's seen and things you've seen and you know and and one of the things i always loved about marilyn was she would give you her opinion and then she would ask you yours you know what do you think about that what do you think you know how does that mm-hmm. you know just to get this sort of um open debate about something or someone or you know things like that and all and then uh, and then Marilyn would go to work, right? She'd be coming right. and going and all. And then you were always in the in the back, and whoever it was that was coming to visit, it was it was kind of like an an order of visit. You know, if you <laughs> stop, see Marilyn, and go back and hang out with Martin, and and hang out with everyone who worked here and everything. Right. And, right. Uh, and but you two always had a this this sort of a, almost in the studio itself this kind of a back and forth, almost a distance. Uh, between you where one would be talking and ask the other one something from across the room and the right. other one would yell back to the other one yeah. across the room and yeah. it was a, it was always this very uh, playful conversations going on in the studio and I imagine that's that's a big part of, of uh, you know something you must miss working st- you know still working in the studio still being here and, and oh taking God, care of yes. all the business yeah yeah no it's, yeah. A, it's a big huge <laughs> loss no but we you know the thing that is really great uh, that we had that Muriel and I had, because uh, we had a great life together. But I mean, this, this, what was so wonderful was that when we were working, it was, I'm not going to say it was not competitive. It was, <laughs> it is. It, because the, again, that's the kind of, you have to be competitive to take the picture. But if you're on the same street, only one of you can be in one place. That's right. <laughs> Only one of you can can be with that yeah. subject, with that person, with that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually trying to make a film now out of stuff that Marielle and I shot on the street, starting in 2002. I mean, after the World Trade Center, after we, during the war, you know, the Iraq War, and right up until Marielle died, we were working on the street, and I have all this video, and <laughs> I'm trying to piece it together now so that. Um, because Marilyn comes into my shop quite often. <laughs> and, and, and I'm thinking now, God, why didn't I turn the camera around the other way? Because you were still competing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's great. Yeah. I, th- I was going to call the film Braids, but I think... <laughs> because it was the back of Marilyn's head. <laughs> What were you, what were the two of you working on at the time? These what were what were the uh, what was going on with these photos? Oh, they're just street pictures, but mm. a lot of them are around parades because everybody's out in the street at that point from these different communities. And very honest, beautiful pictures from that time, and uh, all the nine eleven stuff that's out. It's into one of the things I, I'm looking at the dailies. I've just loaded all the dailies in. I don't know. This goes on forever. <laughs> um, when I was shooting on the subway in 2002, everybody was reading newspapers. Oh, so yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. You're looking and you think, oh, those people are reading. <laughs> I mean, well, of course, people are still reading, but they're but reading on electronic equipment. Much smaller devices. Yeah. People still talked about how they folded their newspapers back then to, uh-huh. to make them as skinny as possible, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> there was the New York Times fold. Right, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, so, I mean, long-term projects uh, are no stranger to, to you, or, or, or they, they were not to Mary Ellen, and so even going to the Aperture show, seeing the, the photographs over 30 years, you could see a lot of changes. Wasn't that amazing? Yeah, that was amazing. Oh, my God. It was very moving. It was. It really you, was. There was one place where you could stand. The way that laid it out in Aperture was so beautiful. 
I mean, it was linear. That, uh, so, right, it was. But you could stand in one place and see Tiny at 13 years old and then just look to your right and she was like 45, 46 right. years old. Right, in one room. Yeah. Right. Amazing. <laughs> yes. So that's, that's one thing you're, you're working on looking back. What, uh, what other things are you thinking about these days? What are you thinking about uh, uh, kind of jobs? What kind of work? Well, I, that is what I'm doing. I mean, I, I'm trying to, um, Meredith, Julia, and I. So what we're doing is we're taking stock of everything here because there are thousands of prints. And then we're going to define the archive, essentially, and find a home for that archive. So, you know, and it is, it's an extraordinary career. Yeah, Man, right, right. Just unbelievable. Yeah. And a lot of pictures that have not been seen. So that, and that, I imagine, is going to be a, a bit of a treasure trove, yeah. all right, for people to, to delve to into, into and, and, yeah. re, and edit and mm-hmm. posthumously think about how they should be displayed. And, right. um, you know, you mentioned Meredith and Julie. I should also mention that they were producers on Tiny, The Life of Aaron Blackwell. Yeah. They, They've been an integral part of this place for quite a while. Yeah. Couldn't do it without them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, you mentioned that you and Mary Ellen were a bit competitive when you were both out on the street together. So you also, I imagine, had a lot of opportunity just to sort of sit back and, and watch Mary Ellen work and, and how she approached people and things like that. Right. Yeah, I think that the, the, uh, it is hard to describe Mary Ellen's energy for her work. It was her life. And, you know, when she got the idea in her head, there was no stopping. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, she, you know, quite often I'd be in the room uh, when something was happening, let's say on the tiny thing, and I said, oh, Mary Ellen, that was amazing, the picture that she'd just taken. And she'd always say, I don't think I got it. <laughs> I mean, she never, ever, I don't remember a moment where she said, I got it, ever. And I've seen a lot of pictures. Right. I think she got it a few times. But here's, here's the odd thing. She'd come back here and she'd edit and she'd mark up the sheets. And I'd say, did you get anything? She said, I don't know. Take a look at this. And I look at it and I think, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, she would never admit it. I, and, and she did call you her best editor uh, in a few, I think, interviews and things like that. Like a very hard critic, a, a good editor of her work. Yeah, um, she called me many things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mary <Yes>. Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I, I, am, I can understand that idea of, you know, maybe I could do that. Do the, maybe I didn't get that one. It was right. a way of, it's a way of keeping you going, in a sense, too, and looking for the next thing. Yeah, I was listening to uh, a beautiful interview that Peter Howe had with uh, Mary Ellen when she published, republished the Falcon Road work and Steidl printed it. And it's beautiful. And you can hear it in there that, you know, she, she was never absolutely happy with it. It was always the next job. <laughs> so it is a way of keeping going. And she could always be better. So, you know, I, I'm looking around the studio and... Uh, there are still um, a lot of Mary Ellen in here <laughs> around her desk and <laughs> it's all Mary artifacts. Ellen. <laughs> and yes, <laughs> of course, people who knew her knew she had a, a love of collecting certain artifacts, certain things from places she had visited, places she's been to. And, you know, there's still the, 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 
the wall of robots and <laughs> picture, uh, an incredible collection of photography on the wall Amazing, as well. Yeah. Yeah, Beautiful. yeah. I know home too. I mean, there are pigs, collections of pigs, <laughs> airplanes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then there are beautiful collection of artifacts that she collected all around the world mm. at home. Amazing. So um, she was, I know you mentioned this once before, uh, Mary Ellen did see the final cut, the final edit of the book that came out from Aperture, the two books yes. that came out from Aperture. She, that's all. her edit. Right. As is the uh, Mary Ellen Mark on the portrait and the moment. Yeah, she'd edited that. So when, when those opportunities do arise for future books and things like that, do you imagine yourself uh, being the, the editor of that work or... Who would you trust with that, that edit? I don't know. Hmm. That is a good question. That is a complicated issue. Because Mary Ellen, you know, the editing of uh, photographs is a really complicated business. Hmm. You know, what is a good photograph, especially when you put it into a book and you're turning pages. And Mary Ellen's method was simply from the first picture, when you turn the page, it has to be in its effect equal to or better than the last one oh, that's a pretty high, that's, that's, that's a, a high bar that's a high bar <laughs> yeah that's the one i want to be drinking at. <laughs> no but edit and editing in film is the same thing i mean it's it's complicated no, I, i've process. seen you work i know you torture yourself over editing oh my god over yeah. and over yeah, yeah. i'm a tortured person <laughs> i know i in the uh the editing machine that i use the editing program I use is Avid, and it, and it keeps a log of the hours you are editing on a timeline. And I think, I think on the uh, tiny film, is over 2,000 hours. <laughs> that doesn't mean to say I was sitting on right. my ass in front of the machine all of that 2,000 hours, but a fair portion of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't look like this for nothing. <laughs> And, and of course, you and Mary Ellen used to travel a lot together and, and all. Have you been back to any places that, that you had visited together? And uh, I know you loved those, um, those trips. Was it to Norway? Oh, to Iceland. Iceland, Iceland. Yeah, I've been back to Iceland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, but the, the trip that was very uh, touching was the one that we took to Oaxaca, where Mary Ellen taught twice a year. That was a very popular, well-attended workshop. Yeah. And, you know, many of the students came back to celebrate Mary Ellen, and that was very moving. Mm. Powerful stuff. That's great. It's hard to imagine the energy she put into the work. You know, she could outpace anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And I do remember near the end, it was even more so. Mm -hmm. I mean... It gave her a new focus. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, the scene, the scene in Tiny's Kitchen, at the in the tiny film, is one month before she died, mm. and she worked hard mm. on that. So now, where are you with Tiny the film? Uh, what's <laughs> tinythefilm.com? <laughs> That's right, tinythefilm.com. Yeah. Uh, what are you hoping to uh, to do with it now? Well, the way the way I see it is that. Some of the money that is in the film is from the Gates Foundation. Oh, yeah. How does that work? They put money in because they wanted to, to 
build awareness of homelessness and poverty. And so we are making the film available to people from the institutions like HUD to, for them to bring people together to discuss around this 33 years of work, uh, the kind of things that poverty uh, brings into people's lives. Have you had any events? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they've had screenings already. And, oh, okay. Yeah. It seems to work. I mean, the idea is that we were told when we started, when we first started screening the film to try and understand whether or not it had value in this area, the first screening was with four social workers who came in to see it. And they said, oh my God, everybody should see this film because it's all in here. Wow. Right. That's pretty high praise. Yeah. I like them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But, but it is. But So I think the value, the real true value of the film is that you, in a high school or in a university or in institutions like, you know, CASA or HUD, they can use it to teach uh, what it's like to be in that position of poverty in this country. Well, doesn't that answer the exploitation question in some ways, too, when people on the ground, social workers and the Gates Foundation who have an interest in solving poverty right. think this is useful, think that it is uh, revealing yeah. and can be helpful. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe so. In fact, in the Seattle um, Public Library, this Mary Ellen show is there right now, and they built a whole program around it in the university. And so, I mean, they're showing uh, mm -hmm. work and... Uh, inviting people in to see the film and discuss it and all this kind of thing, which is great. Fantastic. Yeah. How, how many um, sort of audience interactions have you had with this film? Uh, have you done any post-film Q&As, post-screening Q&As, things like that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now oh you're God. laughing. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, is that good or well, bad? As, well, as you can hear from this, <laughs> it's not my forte. Uh, um, yeah, after the Seattle uh, screenings, we had two screenings there, which were fantastic. And there was Q&A after that. The exploitation question came up. <laughs> oh, okay. And at that point, I brought uh, <laughs> Chinese kids down to, so they could right. speak directly back about that. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Do you remember the things they said? No, no, they, they, they didn't. Actually, oh, they, were, I, I, they, they got a standing ovation when they came down. Wow. But then nobody ever asked that question again. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, right. that was that basically... Was right. I have a relationship with these people. Yeah, this yeah. Is, right, right, right. Yeah. But that was amazing when they walked down and they, and they stood up and applauded them. It was... It's like moving, incredible. meeting the, the movie stars yeah, of the yeah. film, right? Yeah. Plus, at that point, you feel somewhat invested in their lives. You, yeah. You've got this emotional connection yeah. just from watching the, the movie. Yeah. yeah. And then after we screened at BAM, and that was great, and there was Q&A after that. Okay. And, yeah. and it would, these were screened together uh, with the original, with Streetwise? Uh, at BAM, yes. At BAM it was. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. How did that play out? How did that work? Well, well so it's interesting because they, they decided to run Tiny first, and then Streetwise after. So they did Tiny, Q&A, Streetwise. How the audience sat through that, I do not know, but they did. God bless them. <laughs> did, do they 
they work together and you know what I mean? Like, does it, does it make sense? It does. I, I, yeah. So are there any screenings happening right now? At this very moment, they're screening it, screening the film in Reykjavik in Iceland. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are you, have you, did you go over for that or are you going I, over no, for that? No, no, it's, it's a small festival. Are there more festivals that you're thinking about? Um, Not really, things? nothing yeah. planned. Right. I mean, no. it's pretty much sticking to the Gates Foundation plan at this I, point, yeah, I this, uh, Yeah, to, to get it out there and get a real reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And we just uh, created um, a viewer's guide because <laughs> there are many complicated issues within the film. And it, if you're in a high school or university, you need somebody to navigate after the film has been screened. Um, how to handle the discussion. And maybe even internationally in diff- with different audiences, there might have to be, right? Something, yeah. some explanation. There has to be, right? yeah. But that, that's a window into American culture that uh, yeah, might need a little decoding. <laughs> a little bit. Yes. Yeah. What does that viewer's guide look like? What, it, what is it exactly? So what it is is PDF file which has uh, text from a professor of poverty studies, a social worker who has experience of this, this very world that uh, Tiny inhabits. And then there's an interview with Tiny hmm. uh, done by that social worker. I speak in it, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> um, Anyway, so the, it, the idea of it is, is to have something. So when you have seen this film in a classroom, you have this structure that you can work from. And there are questions uh, that can be asked mm-hmm. to kind of lead you on to a bigger discussion about the whole issue. How interesting. So it, it, it's really academic and not and not just sort of film criticism. Right. It, it isn't. No, and that would be wrong to yes. talk about it that way. Right. But I think it was important to, f- to, to have somebody who has firsthand experience of it and analyzed it. And uh, that's what we've got. It's nice. It's a, yeah. it's a beautiful, uh, Julia laid it out. It's a beautiful thing. Does it actually have um, stills from the... Yeah, it has oh, Marilyn's wow. photographs in it. Oh, so it's, I'm sure it's a very nice piece then. Yeah. 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 Can I get a copy? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, Julia, can you print out the viewer's guide? Well, actually, I can't, I can't wait to screen Tiny, the film, when, uh, when my doc photo class is up and running. And... I also have uh, hope, you know, some other ideas for places to screen it where I think it would it'd do very well, and we'll, right. we'll look at that. That would be great. I don't want to announce anything ahead of time. No, no. <laughs> right. So, you know, we started um, this conversation of, uh, talking about you and Mary Ellen uh, meeting and, and all the collaboration you guys had over the years and everything. So when you are out now working or shooting something at all, I mean, I imagine you must hear Mary Ellen's voice uh, at times in your head telling you things and <laughs> suggesting things. Oh, yeah. You know, the great thing about Mary Ellen is that she had a great sense of story. Great. It was, it was intuitive sense. And to begin with, if you were in a situation, it would be hard to understand what it was that she'd seen. And then when you see the result, you think, oh, my God, how come I couldn't see that, huh. you know? Do you, ever, do you ever hear anyone say, get out of the way? <laughs> You're in the shot. <laughs> no, she wouldn't say that. She'd just step in. 
No, I, now, I, you know, it's different. It's just a different way of working, that's for sure. I mean, working with Mary Ellen was great because working with the same people over and over again. So I, I worked with uh, a sound recordist. His name was Keith Desmond, English. And uh, for 15 years, and we, we'd go to places and be filming, and we wouldn't, whilst we were actually shooting, we wouldn't talk to each other because we both knew what we had to get out of a particular moment. And that is an invaluable thing. It's very difficult now because to have a sound recordist with you is like a huge expense, right? Mm. So when you're making films like this, the tiny film, you don't have that luxury. And one of the biggest drawbacks is you have to think, I have to think of a different way of shooting. So generally speaking, I'm locked with the sound in the direction of the camera. That is a huge problem. When you're making a film with somebody like Keith, he is editing the film himself also. And the camera might be looking one way and the microphone is looking an entirely other way. And I'm not thinking, what the hell is he doing? I know that he's got the... Because I'm listening to the same thing. He's making the edit. So you develop a rhythm with A someone. rhythm. And with Mary Ellen, it was the same thing. When we got locked into a story, if you saw something, it could be just an eye movement, you know. You, you're not actually... It's not a big deal. You're not talking out the method of what mm. you're going to do. It's just that the story's here right. or it's there, you know. And it's it maybe something you just haven't seen. That is somebody that you trust absolutely because it is total trust. You can actually destroy things very easily if you get misled. You know, the scene disappears. The moment goes. Uh, so it's got to be a, a, coming from somebody who understands what the story is. Uh, and then you listen. Or you edit it out and get to it later. You right. know what I mean? So yeah, in other words, right. but you know it's real. You know, it, you know it's there. It's not, right. it's not being done to be like, hey, I know better than you. It's done because the story's better if that piece of information is captured. Right. That's it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm now thinking back to prom and twins. Yeah. And that's, that's really working in close quarters, right? I mean, that was a, a tight set. That was a t okay. So th this is a little bit deceptive on t on prom because mm -hmm. Mary Ellen's set was for the twenty by twenty four Polaroid camera. Oh yes, yeah. right. Yeah. So behind that set or in another room, we had to set up for the interviews. But we had you know we'd written out all the questions that we wanted to ask, and uh, <laughs> that was complicated. <laughs> oh my god! Because you know in a prom you only have a certain number of hours. Oh yeah. And then you've got to find the people you want live. I mean, you're like flying like well, a crazy person. That was a good number of years you, you worked that out over, wasn't it? Proms? I think it was two years. It was two. Okay, but it was an, a good number of proms. Yes, yes, <laughs> right. it was. I like that film. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah me too. No, I like the film. It's, I love that and I love Twins. Yeah. Yeah, I, those are brilliantly done. The, 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 the way the... The questions just kind of become discovered by the answers. I love that. You know, there's a film that Mary Ellen and I made. Mary Ellen did this wonderful story in the Indian Circus. And years ago, we went to India. It was for the geographic of all people. 
It was when they were uh, in other days. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we went to India and we made a film with this little girl who is in one of Marianne's photographs, or several of Marianne's photographs, beautiful pictures. And I said, oh my God, that would make a great film. And we went off, we made that film. But we were able to walk into that circus and know everybody because Mary Helen already had the relationship with all the people. Mm. That was fantastic. That's yeah. a beautiful film too. That's the... Um, the Amazing Plastic Lady. Yes. But the actual title that the Geographic gave it was Circus of Dreams. So circus had to be in the title. Amazing Plastic Lady, what the hell is that? Oh, they didn't think they that did was descriptive. They didn't think it was descriptive enough. Right, you need, when you look location. down a list in a program, program listing, you need to see the word circus. Oh, yeah. Blah, blah. But meanwhile, Amazing Plastic Lady is, is actually more descriptive, historically descriptive, and whatever. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. They, <laughs> they were right because they funded us to go there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> But, but anyway, so the, the point about that is I like twins. I like prom. I like The Amazing Plastic Lady a lot. They're very small films, tiny very, and very intimate. Yes. Yeah. Was Mary Ellen, I mean, mostly the, the instigator of these stories? Was she, I know you, we talked about Tiny. She found the story. She did. Yeah. I mean, actually, without Mary Ellen randomly running into Tiny that night, none of this work would have happened. Right. It's just that. Hmm. And think about that. That's amazing. Yeah. 30 plus years of work. 33 yeah. years. Yeah. And there are six movies. Mm. Uh, then there's all of these, the, the photographs that Marion took over all those years. It's incredible. Mm. And uh, the start of your partnership. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and American Heart. That's right, American Heart. I forgot we about didn't even it. talk about Sorry American about that, Heart. Jeff. Yes, American Heart. Yeah. How could I forget Jeff? <laughs> that was based on some of the characters from the Streetwise film. Oh. Yeah. Any closing uh, thoughts? Anything we've missed? Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it there. <laughs> Thank you, Martin. I know. I know this is not your uh, your favorite thing to do, but it I re- is not. I really appreciate it, and uh, and just know that um, a- a- anyone who knows. You that I speak to, they always have the the warmest things to say about you. So thank you. You're welcome. 